All right, Joel 2, 28 uh, to 29, God's word says this, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It says your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. This is the word of the Lord. I uh, woke up yesterday. I'm going to move this water. I'm going to kick this thing across the room. I woke up yesterday, so Saturday morning, kind of rolled out of bed. Grab. I was usually grab a cup of coffee for Karen and I, come back to the room. We'll turn the news on on Saturday mornings, just kind of have a morning conversation, a little bit of background noise, and uh, figure out what's going on in Louisville and around the world. And so just trying to stay up to date, hanging out, having conversation. And as we were then getting up to kind of get ready, we were going to head to the gym for a little bit. Uh, there was a TV program that came on after the news. It was called Exploration Station. And it caught my attention because in this, this uh, program where they, they talk about advancements in technology, it's like not something I would ever turn on on TV and be interested in watching, but we were just kind of getting ready. And it, it caught my attention because they started talking about something called AI, what we would know as artificial intelligence, okay? Artificial intelligence. And they were highlighting a phone app now available on phones. They're, they're known as chatbots. Okay, things you can chat with. Uh, and this particular phone app that they were highlighting in this program was called Replica, which their goal is to provide uh, artificial intelligence friendships and romances. Interesting. From their website, so out of curiosity, I went to their website and was, it just kind of piqued my interest a little bit. From their website, it says Replica was founded by Eugenia Kurds with the idea to create a personal AI or artificial intelligence that would help you express and witness yourself by offering a helpful conversation. It's a space where you can safely share your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, experiences, memories, dreams, your own private perceptual world. That's terrifying. Okay, again, known as a chat bot, uh, an artificial friend, or even they, they offer themselves as a, a romantic partner just in a talking sort of way. I kind of shook my head in disbelief as I watched along on this program as I was getting dressed. I'm sorry if you use replica, but it's just kind of weird. We needed to get to the gym, so I didn't, I didn't finish watching the show. Uh, but, but they boast 10 million users on this app. And since, since the pandemic, they're growing 35% year over year. I mean, so we're getting into exponential math, right? Exponential users. Why, why, I mean, why do I bring this up? Why is this important? Because it gets to the heart of who we are as human beings. The Bible speaks of this actually in Genesis 2.18. God had created Adam at this point, and, and God declared it. He says this, it's not good for man to be alone. And then he made a helper for Adam, right? Community, yeah, a person. Community and connection is the core of who we are, and it makes sense. We are, after all, we're made in the image of God, and as image bearers, we know from Scripture that God is an eternal fellowship or an eternal relationship in and of himself, three in one. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. 
And so we reflect that also. So chatbots may be the wave of the future. I don't believe so. But an artificial person, here's, here's the truth of the matter. An artificial person cannot re- replace the deep and meaningful relationships we crave in person-to-person contact. Artificial intelligence relationships are, I'm just going to say this, they're, they're hopeless counterfeits of God's intended design. Nothing can replace real, genuine human relationships. And this is especially true in connecting with our spiritual brothers and sisters through our unity under the lordship of Jesus. It's the importance of us continuing to press in and encourage people to come out of their homes and back into the fellowship of believers in person, in the flesh. John Wesley uh, says this, He says, there's nothing more unchristian than a solitary Christian. In order for us to practice our Christian faith in obedience to the scripture, we have to fellowship and be together. We have to be with one another. And so we look to this question, this kind of last question as we finish off this series on the spirit. How does the spirit help the church? How does the spirit help the church? I want to uh, invite you to turn along with me. Uh, our focus, the focus of our scriptural text is actually going to be in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 1 to 13. Why don't you go ahead and, and turn there. Uh, as you're turning there, I'll read. You also can look up on the screens. It'll be right up there. Uh, this, is, this is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. He says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That is an important verse for us this week. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To to another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Paul's uh, letter to the Corinthian church, as I said, will be our, our primary text for this, our final installment of Numa. Paul here speaks directly to a church uh, which struggled to move away from their former ways and walk in light of the justification that was won for them by the perfect life of Jesus and his sacrifice at the cross. In, in a nutshell, the church, this particular church, was, they were just kind of a mess. They were mess. 
They struggled to put to death their old sins, but yet Paul continued to call them brothers and sisters in Christ and continued to exhort them to grow and walk in what Christ had won them at the cross and remind him of the gifts that had been given to them through the empowering and indwelling power of his Holy Spirit. They, they struggled to find unity amongst uh, uh, the body of believers, young and old, rich and poor. They struggled to grow in holiness and to, and to depart from their old sinful desires. But Paul reminds all of them collectively together as one of the spirit that dwells and empowers each and every member of their group. And he begins with this by bringing them back to the reason they can confess Christ as Lord. And this is our, our first point. We see within this passage, a spirit empowered confession, spirit empowered confession. When I speak here in this particular point of confession, I'm not necessarily referring to a confession of sin, rather the confession of Jesus as Lord and Savior, receiving Christ as Lord over your life. And this brings forth the the realization that God is saving a people unto himself through the empowering and feeling of his Holy Spirit. Says this, if we look back now to verses 1 to 3 in 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to pause a couple moments as I read this. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, okay? The now is a transition statement within this letter to this church. What's interesting is oftentimes, maybe a few times a month, I'll refer refer to 1 Corinthians 11 in our communion meditation. So just prior to this passage, Paul had corrected some issues around the Lord's Supper and the practice of the Lord's Supper uh, in the church. And so it gives us a little bit of context on what exactly is going on in this church that I think is really important for us to understand uh, the empowering of the Spirit. Basically, what was happening is the church was abusing communion in the Lord's Supper. So we believe what was going on is like the wealthy people who didn't have to work much during the day were getting together. They were partying it up. They were eating all the food. They were drinking all the communion wine. They were drunk at communion. It was just absolute chaos going on. And then when all the, the working force or the poorer people came into the church, there was nothing left for them. And so Paul corrects them. What we see then, the heart of the issue was we saw kind of, we see division among like social and economic lines within the church. They weren't uh, unified under uh, the, the, the filling of the spirit. Again, in a nutshell, the church was a mess. It was chaotic. So now Paul, after correcting Uh, their abuses of the Lord's Supper is turning his eye towards spiritual gifting, which this church was also elevating certain spiritual gifts over other spiritual gifts. So he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led. He uses this word led there, okay? Because we, what he's trying to do is he's trying to pull back the curtain a little bit that this is a spiritual battle that's going on, that they were led astray by dark spiritual forces, okay? They were led to worship pagans. He says astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says this, Jesus is accursed. Anybody filled with the Spirit would never say such a thing. And, but also he says this, no one can say Jesus is Lord, except what? In the Holy Spirit. Every time someone confesses Jesus as Lord and Savior, what Paul's telling us is that that's a supernatural thing that has happened. That the Spirit of God is at work. 
We witness the power here. We witness here the power of the Spirit in helping us to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jesus called him the Helper. Our salvation. I want. I want you to focus on this. It is a spiritual battle. There's a dark spiritual realm that seeks to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. He seeks to lead us away from salvation in Jesus into his counterfeit kingdom of lies and deception, of self-pleasure and destruction and selfishness. He seeks, that person is Satan, he seeks to image us after his false worship of himself going all the way back to his deception of Adam and Eve. That's what's going on behind the scenes. But God, but God in his goodness and grace is, just as he sought out Adam and Eve, is seeking us out. And he's filling us with his Holy Spirit to counteract the effects of sin on his beautiful creation. God's taking back ground that is rightfully his, and he's bringing to pass the ultimate defeat of Satan and his dark spiritual army by winning a people unto himself one person at a time. So that what was foretold in in the prophet Joel is to come, Okay, if we, were, if we were to continue to read, can you put Joel uh, 2.32? If we were to continue to read our, our base passage, Joel 2.28-29, we would get to verse 32, which clearly says this, And it shall come to pass, this is good news, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now family, through... God's Holy Spirit and His goodness, His grace, and His mercy, we are, right here at North Bullet Christian Church, a reflection of this promise. Those who have called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are this people, along connected globally with Christians all around the world in the greater body of Christ known as the church. Again, it's the reason why we pray for a man like Tommy and his family who are planning a gospel-centered church in Scotland because we're unified and connected by the Spirit of God. We're unified by the Spirit of God who brings us to confess Jesus as Lord over our lives and confess Jesus as Lord over this church. King Jesus reigns over North Bullet Christian Church. He empowers us in the life-saving mission of sharing about the forgiveness of sins through Jesus with those who are far from him. And next we see this. We see that that within the context of of the church, God gives each one of us spirit-empowered gifts. We are each gifted spiritually to, to serve one another. The Spirit is uniting a people together through confession of Jesus as Lord and gives us supernatural gifting and connection. We see this uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. Before I forget, write down in your notes, here, a little bit more homework for you. There's, there's kind of a, a passage that reflects this one also, Romans 12, 3 to 8. Write that down. It, it mirrors a lot of what Paul's saying here says this uh, back in verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Again, here, here's a focus I want you to, to notice. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Simply put, you have a gift to share with each one of us. 
For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Christian, hear this. God has uniquely gifted you to serve the church and the world. We are given, as Paul says, a manifestation of the Spirit. Okay, What does manifest mean? It means to make something clear or known. Your spiritual gifting simply does this. It makes the Spirit of God known. In this passage, we see some, some useful common gifts. We see gifts like wisdom, right? Who needs people in their life, followers of Jesus in their life that are wise? I do. I, I mean, almost every week I reach out to a couple people that I would, in my mind, I know are wise in the Lord. And I text them, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Let me know uh, how the Lord's leading you in this. Gaining wisdom. We should all be doing that. Knowledge, right? Growing in knowledge. There, there are people that are supernaturally gifted in knowledge. Just sit in a Bible study and listen to some of the things that people say. A discernment. Which path should I take? Is this really from the Lord or is this the enemy trying to lead me astray? People that, that are gifted in helping you discern. A prophecy, we could say speaking truth. There's just people that are really good at speaking truth to others. Just very direct. Another here, it says tongues, understanding and, and speaking. I would... I would conclude in other languages, sharing the gospel in languages that people understand and others interpreting. These are all useful to the body of Christ and they manifest, they make known the Spirit of God to others. This is the grace of God. He he gives us gifts in in our service to one another. Notice it keeps saying, uh, for another, for another, for another. And this is what they do. They don't elevate us. They don't glorify us. They make the Spirit of God known. They remind us of the Spirit that indwells us. Think of it as as a line, okay? Think of a line going up and down. If it was going up and down, that line would be a vertical line, right? Through Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection, and the empowering of the Spirit to call upon Jesus as Lord, our up and down line, our vertical relationship with God has been restored. It's been fixed. We're part of the new covenant, Scripture says, in Jesus, in and through Jesus. And God showcases now this this vertical line that we have with Him, this restored and reconciled relationship that we have with the Father. He showcases this in our, I want you to think of lines now, okay? If we draw a line this way, coming across this way, it's horizontal, right? Now, I want to invite you, take your head, okay, if you don't have neck problems, and turn and look this way, and then turn around and look this way, right? There should be people all around you. Those are what we call horizontal relationships, side to side. 
God showcases our restored, our reconciled relationship in our vertical relationship with him in the way that we serve and love our horizontal relationships all around us. Our vertical relationship with God has been restored and we manifest, right? We make known this restoration through bending it out, bending out this vertical experience with God towards our horizontal experience with each other, okay? A cell phone app can't do that for you. Simply put, uh, uh, John talks about this in his first letter, not the gospel, but, but first John. Simply put, we love God by loving others, this is one of the marks of a healthy Christian in a healthy church is that, that we're making God known and the primary way we make him known is through service to one another by putting to use our spirit-empowered gifts. And, and these spirit-empowered gifts are to increase the fame and glory of Jesus. They point to him. Now, oftentimes we highlight the very visible spiritual gifting that we have. Like we have an incredibly talented worship team that leads us in, in musical worship of our Lord. We have a talented drummer and singers and guitar players, a very visible sharing of their gifts with us. But what are some, I want to highlight some just kind of common gifts behind the scenes, kind of what we call those thankless jobs. Did you know there's a team on Wednesday, Wednesdays that comes early in the afternoon uh, and they have, they have a leader. I'm not going to say her name because she would probably kill me if I said her name out loud in a worship gathering. But she comes every Wednesday. I see her because I'm here about one or two in the afternoon. And she begins preparing a meal for us to eat together on Wednesday evenings, our fellowship meal. And, and she goes shopping. No one sees her go and, and go shopping for this food and buys it and brings it and puts love and care and prepares this meal. And then there's a team of people that serve that to us. That's someone using their spiritual gifts to serve others. And man, food's tough, right? Because it's kind of a thankless job. We all have our little preferences, don't we? It's kind of like worship music. Like, ah, I like it this way or I like it this way. But that person uses just that common gift of, of hospitality and administration and, and the gift of working hard to come and serve the church. Another one that we have, we have a group of guys led by one of our deacons that comes on Saturday afternoons in the summer with the blazing hot Kentucky sun beating down on them as they ride around a zero-turn mower and cut the grass all around our campus and make it look nice for us when we come drive in on Sunday morning. We're not worried about uh, all those crazy wild onions growing all over the place out in the grass. They serve our church in that way. We even have a group of people, would you believe it, that come in before the gathering on Sunday and clean the restrooms for us. So we don't have, now that's a spiritual gift, isn't it? Talk about showing the vertical love you have for God by bending it out horizontally. Who wants to clean up restrooms? Not many people, but this person does. This family does so that we can come and worship the Lord. You're like, I never thought of it that way. It's true. Common gifts shared in the body of Christ to help us to glorify God. And so I want, I hope to impress upon you, this isn't a, a guilt trip to get you to serve the church, but pray and call upon the Lord, lead me in what the gifting is that you've given to me by the power of your spirit to serve his people and to be served by his people.
And, and here's the challenge. I'm just going to put this question out there and let you wrestle with it. Here's the question I want you to think of. If everyone exercised their spiritual gift like you, what would the church look like? Would it be better off or would it be worse off? So think about that question and pray uh, through the Spirit with you this week to help you discern, like, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to act? How do I need to serve the body of Christ? Lastly, the Spirit helps the church through this, through Spirit-empowered unity. Spirit-empowered unity. The Spirit helps the church by empowering His people to confess Jesus as Lord, gifting us each uniquely to serve one another, and maintaining unity as we reflect the triunity of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit. This isn't in your notes, but uh, Paul teaches the Ephesian church. uh, Chapter 4 of uh, the Ephesian letter is focused on the body of Christ. He teaches the Ephesian church. He says, that you should be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, he says, in the bond of peace. Looking now to 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13, I want you to notice as we read through this section how many words reflect unity, oneness. It says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are what? one body. It's a picture of unity. So it is with Christ for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. You see how many pictures of unity we get within this passage. The beauty of, I think, the local church and, and the global church rests in its, its diversity, a bunch of different people coming together to worship one God. And I believe it's the evidence that something supernatural has occurred in our lives, that God is indeed reconciling people of different races and colors and ethnicity, different uh, social backgrounds, different career paths, different education levels, different lifestyles, and different religious upbringings. He's bringing us together, united by one and the same Spirit of God to glorify Jesus. This, this unity in the midst of diversity conveys the help of the Spirit and the glory of God. I hear this. Some, some of you walk in here and just because of the lifestyle that you have once led or, or the sins from your past that haunt you, you think automatically you're just a second-class citizen. You are not. We don't have any of those in the family of Christ. Regardless, hear this truth. If you struggle with that, like, man, I'm just going to sit way in the back because I'm just not worthy. Regardless of where you have walked, Scripture promises you can have a seat at the marriage supper of the Lamb, everyone, through Jesus. When we get caught up in our petty differences, our preferences, we lose sight of the glorious beauty of the body of Christ. The beauty of being united together through the Spirit for the glory of God. That's the purpose of it. But going back to, to our opening story, this is one of many aspects of human relationships that an artificial intelligence app cannot replace. The Replica app seeks to understand your viewpoints and then generate responses that correspond with your particular views. Like, how does that grow you, right? 
have this basically this little robot that just tells me what I want to hear. But we will only understand the beauty of God's creative hand when we enjoy genuine connection and unity to real human beings with real differences of opinions and viewpoints. When we can come together, it's, it's beautiful when we get in smaller Bible studies, Sunday schools, Wednesday night discipleship, community groups, when we can get to come together and dissect a passage of Scripture and share our conclusions, sharpening one another and encouraging one another. I love hearing kind of the, the reports back from different community groups. Oh man, it was amazing. I, this person got, took this away from your sermon and this person took this away from your sermon. All sharpening each other. As we read through passages of scripture on, on Wednesday evenings and, and Daryl leads us in the study of scripture and we all kind of share uh, what the Lord's revealing to us and we're encouraged and sharpened through that. When we can come together united for the common cause of the kingdom. That's what we're called to do. To serve and love our community with our various gifts and talents. John, John Wesley said it this way. I'm, I'm kind of on a Wesley kick this morning. This is a cool quote. It says this. Give me 100 men who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth. Isn't that an awesome statement? And what's neat is it leads into this as we kind of draw to conclusion in this series on, on the empowering of the Spirit, the work of God's Holy Spirit, we capture a glimpse of the power of, of God's Spirit-enabled people confessing Jesus as Lord, using their gifts and unified for, for the cause of the gospel in Acts chapter 2. We'll look at verses 42 to 47. We've got to set up context here, though. So, so Peter and the disciples have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter, again, let me remind you, this man who denied his Savior three times, now emboldened through the filling of the Spirit, proclaims the gospel. That passage says that they were cut to the heart and they said, what do we do? And Peter calls him to repentance and to evidence that repentance and baptism and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it says that thousands were added to the number that day. And this is what happened then they began to gather together and they established the first, first church in Jerusalem. It says this, now, now we get to have a peek into this church. What was it, did it have complex systems and strategies of carrying out the gospel? No, it was simple. It says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Let me pause there. What's the apostles' teaching? Okay, I'm not an apostle. There's no more apostles. The, the apostles were the original that were filled with the Spirit and gave us uh, these New Testament letters. We sit now under the apostles' teaching. How are we taught by the apostles? Through the Word of God. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. So we get this picture of like the worship gathering, what we're doing right here to the breaking of bread. This is probably pointing to receiving communion or taking the Lord's Supper and the prayers, praying for one another. The church should be known as a house of prayer. 
It says, an awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. Again, unity. And had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So there was people in the church, if they were wealthy, they were saying, man, I have this thing and you don't have this and you need, or you need a room in my house, come stay with me. You need me to sell this and and help you out, help you to pay some bills? I, I have that for you. That's what the early church looked like. It says, and day by day, Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food. Hear this this mark of a healthy church here with glad and generous hearts. What were they doing? Praising God and having favor with all the people. And we get this, this picture that it was so remarkable what was going on. Even those who were unsaved that saw what they were doing, they they're like, man, there's something special going on over there. There's something remarkable. And this is what happened. I love this ending here. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Simple, isn't it? Gather together under the teaching of the word, fellowship together, receive the Lord's Supper, pray for one another. Be filled with awe at the goodness and grace and mercy of God. Share with one another as as we have need. Receive what we have with glad and generous hearts. Praise the Lord. And the result was the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Family, we're not we're not beyond this. You never move beyond Acts two forty two. We just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And God is faithful to bring the increase. He's faithful to move. And so we want to continue to do, we want to, through the power of the Spirit, gather to worship God together. Through the power of the Spirit, we want to confess Jesus as Lord. We want to make much of Christ in our worship gatherings and in our fellowships. We want to serve one another with the the gifts apportioned to each of us, each and every person. If we were to continue on in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Paul begins to break it down and he gives us this illustration of the human body and that each, each gift is almost like a body part, right? And for our bodies to work correctly, you have to have all the parts working together. Serving one another with the gifts apportioned to each of us and being then ultimately united under the banner of the gospel. And my prayer is through the power of the Spirit, that the fame of Christ, if we just centered it down on one thing, that the fame of Christ would be exalted at North Bullet Christian Church. And that because of that, it says that they had favor with all people, And then the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That because Christ is is exalted at North Bullet Christian Church, many who are far from Jesus will come to know his saving power. Amen? Amen.